Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Well, everyone, it is Marvelous Motivating Monday, and I am definitely doing my podcast in a different situation. So I hope I'm not too loud, and I hope I'm coming out clear. You know, I wanted to do a Fantastic Fellows Friday celebrating the two senator-elect gentlemen from the state of Georgia, but because of the ridiculous, chaotic, domestic terrorists that happened at the Capitol on Wednesday, I just wanted to vent about what happened on uh, Friday. So, you know what? What better way to get motivated, start all over on a Monday, than to celebrate two men who were kind of not celebrated as much as they should have been last week because of the chaos at the Capitol. So, being in Georgia, and this is what Georgia did, I want to make sure I celebrate John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock, Raphael Warnock, and say congratulations, guys. Yes, you are marvelous and you are motivating. So let's celebrate these gentlemen, talk about them, and just have a little fun of celebrating what is getting ready to change the Senate. And hopefully we'll let the Biden administration get things done and we'll also be able to change not just Georgia, but America. Because one of the things that has happened is that America, we kind of lost our guts you know, I really and truly do hope that all this that has happened will make America stronger and we will be able to get stuff done in the Senate, the House, and of course under President-elect Biden. So I'm going to do this in alphabetical order and I want to just talk a little bit about Thomas Jonathan Ossoff. And the thing that's really cool about both of these candidates, they are different from the average white male that has represented Georgia, although uh, we did have a peop, uh, Kelly who was appointed. But, you know, John Ossoff is Jewish and he actually was born in Georgia. Actually, both of them were born in Georgia. So we got two Georgians representing Georgia. So bravo to that. You know, he was born in Atlanta and as I mentioned in a previous podcast, he's going to be the youngest senator elect. He is only 33 years old and before him the other Democrat, I'm sorry, let me make it clear Democrat Senator the other person since then that was the youngest Democratic Senator ironically is Joe Biden so I don't think this is coincidental that all this has uh, come full circle so let's celebrate John Ossoff. As I mentioned, he was born in Atlanta. He's only 33 years old. And he has a lot of extensive education. He went to Georgetown University where he got his BS. But he also went to London School of Economics where he got his Master's in Science. So it looks like this young man has been doing the work, doing the educational backup for what he's trying to do right now. So I am really, really excited to see that this man has done all these historic things at such a young age. And it says that he will be the first Democrat elected to a full term in the Senate from Georgia since Max Cleland in 1996. That's pretty interesting. 
you know, I want to make sure that people really understand that the voters in Georgia are at the point where we have changed what we look like and we have changed what we will accept. And these two gentlemen are a perfect example of just that, you know. Now, I was really, I, I was really uh, going through a lot of things to see what he supports, what he's against. And I just want to read some of the things that they were saying. And this is just me doing research. Uh, let's talk about abortion. He is pro-choice on abortion rights. He supports the legalization of cannabis. And he supports increasing economic relief for businesses and households affecting the COVID-19 pandemic. He opposes prison sentencing for nonviolent drug offenses. And remember, one of the things I was campaigning on when I did the episode regarding smoke is that when you have people in jail for selling cannabis and they're in states that now cannabis is legal, I think like the state of Chicago, I mean, Illinois did. The governor of Illinois did, convinced by these ladies in legislature. They let the nonviolent cannabis uh, criminals out of jail. And I think that um, they should do that. Now, it's not legal in Georgia, so of course that wouldn't be considered the same thing. But I think they should come up with some legislature, though, that the states that made it legal... They should get the nonviolent criminals that were convicted for it out of jail. You know, and it says that he accepts the scientific consensus on climate. And he has said, quote, the climate change is a threat to our security and prosperity. You know, he supports participating in the Paris Agreement, but he is not in favor of the Green New Deal. Now, you might want to go do some research and figure out um, why he does not. You know, uh, this young man, I want you guys to just hear his speech when he realized he won. And you can see the sincerity of what he's saying. For the people of this state, for all the people of this state. And they will be my guiding principles as I serve this state in the U.S. Senate, ensuring that every Georgian has great health care, no matter our wealth, ensuring that we invest in an economic recovery that includes all communities, that rebuilds our state's infrastructure, that lays the foundations for prosperity in rural Georgia, suburban communities, and urban communities alike, and securing equal justice for all following in the footsteps of leaders who have departed us in this last year, like Congressman John Lewis and C.T. Bevy. I want to thank the people of Georgia for participating in this election. Everybody who cast your ballot, everybody who put your faith and confidence in our democracy's capacity to deliver the representation that we deserve, whether you are for me or against me, I'll be for you in the U.S. Senate. I will serve all the people of the state. I will give everything I've got to ensuring that Georgia's interests are represented in the U.S. Senate. I want to thank all the volunteers who poured their hearts and souls into this campaign. I want to thank my family for their support and their patience. I want to thank my wonderful wife, Alicia, who as we speak is at the hospital helping Georgia mothers deliver healthy babies, helping save lives. Let's 
emulate the spirit of courage and heroism of those who have given so much to the health response to this crisis as we unite as a people to overcome this challenge of COVID-19 and to build a republic that lives up to our highest ideals of equality in God's eyes and equal justice under the law. Georgia, thank you so much for the confidence that you've placed in me. I am honored, honored by your support, by your confidence, by your trust, and I will look forward to serving you in the United States Senate. See, John Ossoff is really amazing. As you heard him mention, he mentioned John Lewis and he mentioned his wife being a doctor delivering babies. So going through this campaign, he had to stress about the campaign and his wife's safety with COVID. But, you know, I found an article and it was in the New York Times and it was at, it, it was entitled, How Did He Get Here? And it's really interesting because I'm just going to show you how this man is 360 with a lot of things. As I mentioned, he is he is the youngest uh, Democratic senator since Joe Biden. But check this out. I found a, two articles that are just amazing. One is I wanted to know how he got here as well. So I saw an article in the New York Times and it was saying that when John was 16 years old, he wrote a letter to John Lewis who, of course, everyone knows is the Georgia's congressman, congressman and civil rights pioneer. And it said it led to a spot as a volunteer in John Lewis's office. And then at 19, he was um, a rising sophomore at Georgetown, and he went to work for Hank Johnson as a primary speechwriter here in Georgia for his Mr. Johnson's 2006 congressional campaign now i'm gonna tell you how i feel this is a 360 because keep in mind at 16 he wrote john lewis so with that being said i want to read something that i found about a young lady in america's georgia at 15 now check this out listen to what her this is her name her name is georgia that's her first name and her last name is Blue. Now think about that. Georgia turned blue. This 16-year-old, <laughs> this is not, go Google it, look it up, whatever, do your research. This 16-year-old name, now check out this, named Georgia Blue. She found out that John Ossoff would be in America's, so she and a friend decided to shiver together at an outside campaign event to see someone they have come to know through social media. I guess by him being so young, he's involved in social media more than the older uh, candidates that are running for different offices. So this is what she said. She said she stalked his account, <laughs> referring to Ossoff's presence on a video sharing network, TikTok. She says she and her friend, 16-year-old Brooklyn Hinton, immediately started fangirling when they learned that the 33-year-old aspiring U.S. senator would be in their hometown. <laughs> now, keep in mind, she's not old enough to vote yet, but she's influential already as a 15-year-old. Now, remember, he wrote John Lewis at 16. She stalked him to try to get 
some way to meet him and, and, and just let people know he's going to be in America's. And she, her and her friend, she's only 15 and her friend Brooklyn are 16. So once again, he's showing that his goal of trying to reach with the younger generation is actually working. I don't even think he knew about this yet. Even if he knows about it now, I found it in an article. But I just thought it was really cute to uh, to read that. So my message in that is saying the young people is never too you're never too young to start something that can make a major difference in the future. This young lady from Americas did it, and so did John when he was still a teenager, reaching out to another John, John Lewis. So this is a marvelous motivating Monday because I want you guys to be motivated. I want these guys that we elected to the U.S. Senate to know that we feel they are marvelous and we are going to just keep pushing on with the Senate seats. So let's talk about the second U.S. Senator, Reverend Raphael Warnock. Now, Reverend Warnock also is Georgia born. So both of these senators are definitely going to be representing where they were born and grew up. So I think that's an extra plus. Now, you got John Ossoff, who was Jewish, and you got Raphael Warnock, who is African-American. I don't know what diversity y'all be looking at, but I feel this is extremely diverse. So I want to celebrate Reverend Warnock now. Let's talk about Reverend Warnock. As I mentioned, he was born in Georgia as well. He's born in Savannah, Georgia. And he was definitely inspired by HBCU. He has a degree from Morehouse College and Union Theological Seminary. He has a PhD. So he's educated as well. And he, before he went to Ebenezer Baptist Church, he was a senior pastor at Douglas Memorial Community Church. But that was until 2005 where he became the senior pastor at Ebenezer's, Ebenezer Baptist Church. And we know how prominent that church is. You know, I was doing research on him and it said he became prominent in politics when he was leading an activist campaign to expand Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. Now, I was reading... This is really interesting to me. I, I just want to mention this. Well, first, we know that he will be the first African-American to represent Georgia in the Senate. And the first African-American Democrat elected to a Senate seat by a former state of Confederacy. Ooh, that's a nasty word, Confederacy. Now, here's the irony about these two both being senators. I didn't know that it depends on your name, how you're going to be in the Senate, because it said that if Warnock is not sworn in on an earlier day than Ossoff, that he will become Georgia's junior senator by virtue of Ossoff's last name preceding his. I didn't know that that was a such thing. So I'm kind of pissed off to read that he's going to be a junior senator because his last name starts with W. That's crazy to me. I, I, I don't get that. I don't like that because ironically, 
it just looks bad that the black senator, who's the first ever to represent Georgia as the junior senator, because his last name starts with a W. Anyway, that's what it says. But I want to play his acceptance speech after he won. I come before you tonight as a proud American and as a son of Georgia. My roots are planted deeply in Georgia soil. A child who grew up in the Caton Homes housing projects of Savannah, Georgia. Number 11 out of 12 children. A proud graduate of Morehouse College and the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, the spiritual home of Martin Luther King Jr. and Congressman John Lewis. A son of my late father, who was a pastor, a veteran, and a small businessman. And my mother, who as a teenager growing up in Waycross, Georgia, used to pick somebody else's cotton. But the other day, because this is America, the 82-year-old hands that used to pick somebody else's cotton went to the polls and picked her youngest son to be a United States senator. So I come before you tonight as a man who knows that the improbable journey that led me to this place in this historic moment in America could only happen here. We were told that we couldn't win this election, but tonight we prove that with hope, hard work, and the people by our side, anything is possible. And I promise you this tonight. I am going to the Senate to work for all of Georgia. No matter who you cast your vote for in this election, in this moment in American history, Washington has a choice to make. In fact, all of us have a choice to make. Will we continue to divide, distract, and dishonor one another? Or will we love our neighbors as we love ourselves? I remember my dad in this moment. He used to wake me up every morning at dawn. It was morning, but it was still dark. It's dark right now, but morning comes. And scripture tells us that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Let us rise up, greet the morning, and meet the challenges of this moment. Together we can do the necessary work and win the future for all of our children. Thank you. God bless you, Georgia. And God bless these United States of America. You know, it was so funny. When I was doing research, I happened to find... I didn't watch it live. My co-worker was telling me about it, but I didn't watch it live. Well, Reverend Warnock was on The View talking to the ladies about his victory. And Megan McCain was sitting there all frown-faced and then, of course, had a negative question for him. But you know what, America? We're not going there. We're going to celebrate these two men. We're going to celebrate that the state of Georgia did an amazing thing. We're going to celebrate that we hope Everything is going to be better in 2021 
because COVID is still out there and it's still real. So we have a president elect and now we have control of the Senate and the House. So hopefully President Biden can get things done. We can get relief to the people financially that are needing it. We can extend some of the things that the, uh, the Emergency Care Act put in place, such as making sure people don't get evicted from their homes because they don't have uh, money to pay. Although I get it as a homeowner, and I'm not a landlord, but I do know that the landlords are losing money by not getting this. So maybe... Congress and, and the Senate and the Congress can come up with something to kind of assist the landlords, too. I mean, it's only fair. I get it that people are dying and don't have jobs and can't pay rent. But I also get it as a homeowner that a landlord has still got to pay taxes, still got to pay mortgage. And they're going to end up being broke as well if they keep swallowing the cost. So maybe... The solution is helping the landlords out that are having tenants in these situations so that everybody wins because you don't want to have anybody put out because of something that happened beyond their control. And then in the same token, you don't want people losing their own stuff because they can't afford to pay the mortgage because they don't have any money coming um, in that would normally pay the mortgage on their rental property. So it's a crazy situation, but I think with these two gentlemen being elected, given uh, President-elect Biden the Senate, that maybe more things can get done now. And I just want to say thank you to everybody in Georgia that went above and beyond. Because as I mentioned in a previous episode, the Democrats were doing the grassroots for these two campaigns. I promise you. I have literally probably about a hundred different flyers that I was getting between in my mailbox and on my doorknob. People were ringing my doorknob at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, making sure I got out and voted or whatever. And so we had grassroots on the grounds for these two candidates. So I want to say bravo to everyone in Georgia who voted. And an extra special bravo to our girl Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight. But I want to, you know, I've been all over the internet trying to push the vote out. So I've been teamed up on Twitter with a lot of organizations. I want to say um, bravo to Latasha Brown, who is uh, Black Votes Matter. Because they do. She did a lot. I did a special episode actually on her and Akima Williams, who is the chair of the Democratic Party of Georgia. And Bravo and Senator, excuse me, Congresswoman-elect in John Lewis's seat. I did a special on those two ladies because they deserve it. So bravo to those ladies. Bravo to our mayor for just keeping strong throughout all this election craziness. Bravo to when we all vote. Bravo to More Than the Vote. LeBron James and More Than the Vote came down here and showed out. Bravo to We Win Black. And bravo just to all the people who voted Democrat. You know, I know some Republicans that voted Democrat, so I can't call them Democrats. I can just say bravo to all those that voted. Because this is bigger than what a lot of people may realize. As I mentioned before, if Georgia wins, 
that not just the Democrats, the country wins because we can get things done. Because in the last four years, how much did we really get done? I know everybody got this long list of all the things that the last administration has done. I'm saying last, even though they ain't still in the office, they don't count anymore. And all the Republicans from Rubio to Ted Cruz and Holly and all y'all clowns, you know, y'all will pay at the polls, I promise you. Because just because this just happened in Georgia, Georgia is just the blueprint of America and how other city, excuse me, other states can get things changed. Don't think that you can't change your state. If we have a Southern racist state, like Georgia, it's racist. Why you think the Klan headquarters was here? And what? Forsyth County. It's racist. It's in the South. If we can change the South, racist Georgia blue, not just with the presidential election, but with the Senate seats, that same blueprint can be used all over the country. So keep that in mind for those listening outside of Georgia. When election come up, don't forget senators, congresspeople, they have to run again. Remember everything that you saw in the 2020 election. Everything that you saw last week at the Capitol building. Everything that you saw on the commercials. Everything that you saw with these crazy Karens. And you know what the crazy Karens are. White suburban women who want to accuse black people of crimes they didn't commit. Remember all this. Because we're at the point where, as I always say, ladies promoting transparent advocacy is not just about social and cultural change, but equality and accountability. We need to start holding people accountable for their actions. Thank goodness we got cameras on our phones so we can record a lot of this or a lot of it would not only not be told, would be maybe twisted as far as the story going to the police. For example, the latest Karen trying to accuse a teenager of doing something that he didn't do. Thank goodness that there's cameras and then come find out that the phone was, I think, in an Uber or something. So, yes, I'm glad that they're holding her accountable. But we need to start holding people accountable, companies accountable, politicians accountable, media accountable. We need to start doing our research. And if you see anything out there that you don't think is right, tell it. Tell it. It's not being a snitch. It's being a person who cares about themselves, their community, their city, their state, their country. And they're tired of people getting away with things and not being held accountable. So I just wanted to just just bring these two gentlemen to my marvelous Motivating Monday because I wanted them to be my fantastic fellows Friday. But what happened on Wednesday at the Capitol kind of erased all that because I was just really angry that this has all gone on in America. And some people, even some of my Republican friends, didn't see anything wrong with that, which is scary to me. Or I guess some of them are former friends because the fact that they didn't see anything wrong with that. I don't know if I want friends like that. I'm just saying. Anyway, I just wanted to say congratulations, United States Senators, Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, Bravo, Georgia. Now, I would like to end my episode with reminding you to follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in advocacy, capital L as in ladies. You can always call us at 
404-855-7723. And definitely, if you want to give us a subject matter to look into, talk about, send us an email at podcasthostshaybate19 at gmail.com. And that's all small letters. And I always like to tell you how much I appreciate you. I would love for you to follow me, not just on Twitter, but follow me on all the podcast apps. We're on all of them. You can type in Shay Pate or you can type in Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy and just go through all of our episodes. You know, we don't hit over the 60 episode mark. So you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. I would love for you to follow us. So whatever podcast app you use, definitely put in the, on the notification so you can be told as soon as I publish my Monday, Wednesday and Thursday episodes. And I just want to say how much I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to a better 2021. And hopefully the COVID vaccine will make things a lot easier for us to get a little normalcy back into our lives. But with that being said, I'm just going to say I really appreciate you. And I always like to end my episodes with my favorite question. What do you have to say? Thank you for listening.